Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded September 13th, 2021. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Today, we're updating our thoughts on the broader U.S. equity market outlook. Three big things you need to know. First, we're making some adjustments to our S&P 500 forecasts and introducing our price target for 2022. Second, we continue to see risk of a pullback in the S&P before year-end, but are emphasizing that we view it as a buying opportunity. And third, one key risk that we're monitoring for the stock market and our call is the possibility that S&P EPS growth will turn negative in early 2022. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other major providers. Now let's jump into the details. We'll start with takeaway number one, the updates to our S&P forecasts. For 2021, our S&P price target moves from 4325 to 4500, while our 2021 EPS forecast moves from 192 to 200. These are upward revisions of about 4%. For 2022, we're introducing a price target of 4900 or a 9% gain on the year, while moving our EPS forecast up just under 3% from 216 to 222. While we do not yet have a 2023 price target, we are introducing a preliminary EPS forecast of 238. Our revised year-end S&P target of 4,500 for 2021, which is essentially in line with the year-to-date or all-time high, is in line with the best case among all of the back tests and scenario analysis that we examine. It assumes that the forward PE, based on next year's earnings at year-end 2021, will be flat at just over 20 times, and it also takes into account the latest revisions to our earnings forecast, which are updated for better-than-expected 2Q results and post-Labor Day macro expectations. Our new 2022 price target of 4900 is the median and average of 12 different economic earnings and valuation tests that we ran. They're mostly pointing to another solid year for the market, but admittedly more moderate gains. Moving on to takeaway number two. While we have tweaked some of our numbers, we want to stress that our narrative on the market is largely unchanged. We continue to see risk of a pullback in the S&P before year-end, but we are emphasizing that we view it as a buying opportunity if and when it happens. As our regular listeners are well aware, the late-year pullback call is one we've been making for the past few months, due in part to elevated equity market sentiment and positioning indicators. We see this pretty clearly in the futures market positioning in U.S. equities for asset managers. We also see this pretty clearly in global tactical asset allocation funds, where U.S. equity stakes hit all-time highs over the summer. And trends are similar for individual investors when we look at the composition of household balance sheets. Something else besides sentiment and positioning that's kept us on guard for a pullback is the tendency of the S&P 500 to decline modestly on a six-month forward basis after an early cycle peak in the rate of change in S&P EPS growth, which 2021 2Q will be in the current cycle. But we expect a pullback in the 5 to 10% range, shy of an actual growth scare, which tends to see stocks fall in the mid to high teens when economic recession fears emerge. We think some of the language that's come out over the past week in the equity market community about a growth scare is just a little too harsh for a few reasons. First, even with recent downgrades, consensus economic forecasts still expect GDP to see growth rates well above trend in the year ahead. There's plenty of room for some downward revisions without taking us to a bad place economically. 
Second, the high-frequency indicators that revealed the negative impact of the Delta variant in late July and early August, things like open table dining, TSA flying, and Langer consumer comfort, have actually started to turn up again. One exception on the high-frequency front is back to work, which remains under pressure according to CASEL data. But this may improve as Biden's plan for expanding vaccinations takes effect. Third, COVID trends are on the mend, with signs of a peak in cases nationally and in all major regions. On a related note to COVID, there are some indications that back-to-school fears were actually starting to improve, even before Friday's press reports that some health officials believe vaccine approval for 5- to 11-year-olds could come for one of the manufacturers by the end of October. We'll wrap up with takeaway number three. While we're not worried about an economic recession, the big risk that we are monitoring for the stock market and our call, frankly, is the possibility that S&P 500 EPS growth will flip negative in early 2022. Bottom-up consensus estimates for S&P EPS growth are tracking at 4 to 5% for the first half of 2022 right now. And investors have started to worry about margin impacts from supply chains and labor and also are expressing concerns about higher corporate taxes, That issue is back in the spotlight this week down in D.C. There were even reports last week that Senate Democrats are looking at a buyback tax, which hasn't really been on the radar before. All of these issues seem manageable in isolation, but collectively the concern is that they could be more of a drag on EPS than the market can tolerate. 2015-2016 may end up being a useful reference point if earnings growth flips negative in the first half of next year. Back then, the S&P 500 in terms of performance fell 14% peak to trough, but it still ended up being a buying opportunity for longer-term investors as the index rose 9.5% for 2016 as a whole. We also suspect the decline in the S&P 500 could be less severe this time around since secular growth-oriented sectors account for 51% of the index's weight. That's more than double the weighting that cyclical sectors have today. And that compares to just 35%, which was the secular growth weighting back in mid-2015, which incidentally was the exact same as the weighting of cyclical sectors. Today, unlike the past, when investors get nervous and pile into higher quality and secular growth, it actually ends up benefiting the S&P 500 as long as clear and present signs of economic recession are absent. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and please reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives. (music) 